chapter 4 in our studies that we're going through in the book, Where Do We Go From Here? This week's lesson is regarding the cancel culture. And I'll, I've, I've struggled with saying can't cancel culture, okay? I'm, I'm more prone to say cancer culture, and, and I'm, I'm not doing that on purpose, all right? That's just kind of a, you may call it a Freudian slip or whatever, but so if I say that, I don't intend to, okay? That's a, a disclaimer right, right from the start. But really, I don't know when the whole term cancel culture became popular, but in the last five years in particular, it has just really become front and center in various aspects. And, and when you think about it, um, what is happening, I'm not going to uh, chase this down a deep hole here at the start, but um, you think about what can be canceled. Well, there have been many people that have had their jobs canceled because um, a political view that they held is not fitting with uh, the management or ownership of a certain business. People have lost their jobs for various other reasons. And um, you may know some that have. And um, it, it's an unfortunate thing. Um, we've seen recently that um, your, your savings can be canceled. Um, we're reminded that um, those in the trucker convoy in Canada had all their finances locked down. They couldn't do anything with it. Uh, many of those that were at the January 6th, without going into all the details on that, here in the United States had their bank accounts locked down. They couldn't purchase. They couldn't do anything. It doesn't matter how much savings you have. If you can't get to it, it doesn't do you any good. I mean, this is the reality of life. Um, around the world, there are many that have their purchasing power canceled. Um, governments will set up a social credit system, a social credit score. And if you aren't marching in step with their totalitarianism, um, you don't get a good score. And um, they are able to restrict what you're able to purchase um, incidentally, digital banking fits right into this, fits right into the one world economy, one world government, and uh, digital banking means they can control what you spend, where you spend, and how much you spend. If they don't think you need um, to buy something, they can put a limit on it, and that's happening in places around the world. Freedom can be, can be canceled. The First Amendment is under much attack today. The right to speech, 
free speech, um, the right to religion, the right to gather and assemble, the right to a free press, um, the right to petition, and again, under much attack and can be canceled. And ultimately, history is replete with accounts of people whose very life, physical life, has been canceled. Martyrs for the cause of Christ. So, um, I'm, I'm not going to focus on that this morning, other than what we've already said. But I want us to realize Paul and the other early followers of Christ and throughout history, the majority of followers of Christ, but I want to just specifically mention Paul lived in a cancel culture. And he modeled for us how to respond to it. Um, in Second Corinthians chapter 4, it's interesting He begins in verse 1, he says, we don't lose heart. And then he goes on and he he describes some of the things. He said, we have this great ministry of reconciliation. But he goes on and he says, we are hard pressed on every side, verse 8. Yet we're not crushed. We are perplexed. There are many things that are very confusing. But he says, but we're not in despair we are persecuted, and, and we know how Paul was persecuted. We, we read that in 2 Corinthians 11, he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was stoned and left for dead. He suffered the most severe persecution, but he said, we are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We are struck down but not destroyed because we're always carrying about in our body the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, what he did for us. So, so Paul says that, and then verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart. So Paul lived in a culture that was not friendly at all to Christianity. In fact, they sought to cancel it. And they sought to cancel Paul's life. And there were times that he escaped and uh, avoided those that were trying to kill him. There were other times that, that um, some believed they actually did kill him and God raised him up. But the point is, Paul lived firsthand in a cancel culture, a culture that hated um, Christianity and anyone that followed him. And turn, if you would, to Philippians chapter 3 for a moment. Philippians chapter 3. You know, God, there's a number of purposes, and in the Sunday school hour we'll talk a little bit about it. Um, God has a number of purposes for suffering. And one of the purposes is to help us to establish our affections on things that really matter. Philippians chapter 3, and 
verse 7, But what things were gained to me, these I've counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I count all things for loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering, being conformed to His death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. So Paul's saying, I count all these things as loss, as nothing, as rubbish, as garbage. A job, a savings, purchasing power, freedom, even my own life. All these things that they can cancel, so what? He says, if I can glorify God in it, so be it. And, and as I was thinking in, re, in this realm, I thought Paul is, not, Paul is not complaining about the cancel culture. He's not saying, man, these are bad times that we live in and just leaving it at that. He then goes on and says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. This is what it's all about. And I want us today, I believe that often in my life, my focus has been on the cancel culture. And we think, oh, they're, they're taking this away and they're taking that away. And you hear they canceled this guy and that guy. And I, as I was thinking about this this week, I started thinking about what can't be canceled. And as a believer, we need to start standing in what can't be canceled. They may cancel freedoms, but they can't cancel. And I have a list of ten things today so you can pace yourself and see how we're going. Some of you may be thinking you better hurry up, Pastor. Here we go, all right? Number one, things that can't be canceled, and these ought to be our focus. These ought to be what we live in and, and rest on. Number one, God's love. And it's amazing, as you, as you look at Paul's life, Paul wrote to the believers at Rome, and in Romans chapter 8, that ought to be a chapter that you know very, very well. And if not, you need to get to know it for success in these days. But he, he goes through the many things that God has given us. And then he comes down to verse 35 and he says, Who can separate us from the love of Christ? And, and he, he had said, If God be for us, who can be against us? And then he said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Verse 35. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Those are all cancel culture things. He says, in fact, God wrote that we would be led as sheep to the slaughter. That's what he's saying there. 
Yet in all these things, even as we're being led as sheep to the slaughter in a cancel culture, in all these things we are more than conquerors. We're we're overwhelming conquerors in Him that loved us. Paul's saying, no matter what they bring, nothing can separate me from the love of God. It can't be canceled. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So it's, it's the love of Christ, His love that God sent His love toward us while we were yet sinners. That He sent His Son and, and His love that extended His Son to us can't be canceled. It can't be taken away. It can't be removed. It cannot be canceled. And we rejoice in that. And John said, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. I am made to be a member of God's family. I am a son of God. You can't cancel that. All the totalitarianism, all the evil, all the forces of evil, they cannot cancel the love of God. Secondly, they can't cancel my forgiveness. Psalm 103 verse 12 says that as so far as the east is from the west, God has buried my iniquities in the depths of the sea. I don't care what is in your past. When you come to Jesus Christ, it is forgiven and it is once and all forgiven and it will never be uncanceled and brought up again. It cannot be canceled. And we have this forgiveness. We are pardoned. When a person is pardoned, they, they can never be brought up on the charges they were before. They're restored to full citizenship. They, they are free, free indeed. We are pardoned. And, and he said in 1 John chapter 1, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we trust Christ as our personal Savior. We get in and walk in the Christian life and we take our eyes off Christ and we stumble and we sin. But when we confess our sin see it the way God sees it. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all sin. And that that forgiveness can never, never be canceled. That's what we have in Him. We We are kept by the power of God. My forgiveness is not dependent on me. It's dependent on God. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit cannot be canceled. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 5, it says, When we come to Christ, we are given the earnest of the Spirit. It's like earnest money. It's given to show that the deal has been complete, that our sins are forgiven, and He gave us His Spirit to seal the deal. And really... That's a biblical term. We are sealed by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit is given to us 
to guide us into truth. John 16, the Spirit, he says, it is, Jesus was speaking to his disciples. He said, it is advantageous for you that I go away. Because when I go away, the Spirit of God is going to come and he is going to indwell you and you will have a personal guide in your life, God himself dwelling in you to guide you and the Spirit of God can never be canceled from your life. We may quench the Spirit and grieve the Spirit, but as a child of God, Romans 8 said, if any man does not have the Spirit of God, he is none of his. The Spirit dwells within every believer, and no government, no force of evil can take the Spirit away. The Spirit of God cannot be canceled. The Spirit is the one that gives us the power to live the Christian life. The Spirit is the one that produces the fruit of the Spirit. So, God's love can't be canceled. My forgiveness in Christ cannot be canceled. The Spirit can't be canceled. Access to God cannot be canceled. When Christ died, the veil in the temple was torn in two that separated the Holy of Holies from the commonplace. And, and the Holy of Holies represented access to God, which could only be entered into by the high priest once a year. But now we have direct access to God so that, he says, we have a high priest that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows what's on our heart. When you can't verbalize it, the spirit that can't be canceled comes and intercedes for you, and it says, we may boldly enter the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is something that can't be canceled. They can outlaw prayer. They can throw you in prison. They can do whatever they want, but they can't stop access to God. We always have access to God. It's uncancelable. Fifthly, my mission can't be canceled. Colossians chapter 3, and in our lesson this week it goes over that some, but Colossians chapter 3, um, that we are to do all to the glory of God. So it's really immaterial, our circumstances. My mission is to do all to the glory of God and to carry the gospel to whoever I come in contact with. So, they cancel your job, your mission's still the same. They cancel your savings, your mission's still the same. They can't cancel that mission. I, I'm now, I'm going to have to glorify God with no savings. Well, let's glorify God. I, I now have a, a mission of representing Christ and telling others about the love of Christ I am to be a witness. He said, I'm leaving you and I'm raising you up to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. So our mission, regardless of what they cancel, they can, they can rip up the Constitution of the United States, pretty much have anyway already, not following it. They can rip it up and say it's not, not any good. That doesn't change our mission. Our mission is still the same, and it's 
can't be canceled. Number six, in the midst of our mission, God said that He would shepherd us. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me and I know them. He is the great shepherd. Psalm 23, so that in the midst of a cancel culture, no matter what goes on, I can stand and say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But, 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 but what, 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 if, what if this happens? That doesn't change the fact that the Lord's still my shepherd. And He may lead me through some, some deep valleys. He may lead me through some dark times. But He said in Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6, He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the writer of Hebrews then said, so that then I can truly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what cancel culture does unto me. I will not fear what man does unto me. Because in the Lord is my faith. And He is the one that is shepherding me. He is the one that is with me. And I can rest in His care. Number seven. God's plans cannot be canceled. God has promised what He is going to do before the foundation of the earth. God's plan is in place. He promised that He would send a Redeemer in Genesis 3.15. He promised it. And He did send a Redeemer. Satan tried to stop it many times over. We don't have the time to go into that. But in the fullness of time... God sent forth His Son. And, and there are many, many plans that they think they're going to work to disrupt God's plan, but nothing can stop God's plan globally. And nothing can stop God's plan for you. Philippians 1.6 He that began a good work in you will continue that work until He comes again. So we can rejoice in this fact that God has a plan for me and, and as I follow His leading as my shepherd, as I walk in the Spirit, I can know the fullness of God's plan. And all these things going on in the world today, the more you know, the less you know. But God knows and, and no one is going to disrupt His plan. And God's not saying, oh man, I didn't expect them to march in on that and do that. And I didn't know they'd... God's plan cannot and will not be canceled. There's another thing that cannot be canceled, and that's your departure from this life. Everybody is going to leave this life. One of two ways. You're going to die or you're going to get raptured. But this life is going to end. I mean, that can't be canceled. If, if normal things happen, apart from the Lord coming again, your name is going to be in the obituary. We're going to die. I don't care what 
vitamins you take. I don't care what you exercise. I don't care what Botox you take. I don't care what you do. You're going to die. It's uncancelable. Or you're going to be a believer, and if you're living when the Lord comes again, you're going to leave this life. And the departure from this life cannot be canceled. Do you realize all these things that, that we get attached to, we're going to leave them? I mean, drive by some of the tornado destruction and, and the things we put our glory in, vehicles and houses and banks and money and you're going to leave it someday. So spend it all. Not, no, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. Maybe. But the reality is, it's you are going to leave this life. And if all we've lived for is this life, we're going to regret it in eternity. And that's the next thing. Number nine. Judgment is uncancelable. Romans 14:12 says we must all give account of ourselves to God. I'm not going to avoid it. Someday I'm going to stand before God and give account of myself. Everyone will. And I don't have time to go in. Believers will give account for the things they've done in the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 it says we're building in this life, and if we build with the, the things that matter, gold, silver, precious stone, he uses that analogy, when it's tried by fire, it will be purified. But he says if we've lived for self and, and selfish motives, it's wood, hay, and, and stubble, and it'll be gone. It may have looked good, it may have got the praise of man, but someday I'm going to give an account to God and my life is going to be tested by His fire as a believer and, and there's no, no escaping it. It can't, it can't be canceled. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's for believers. For unbelievers, they will appear before God and God will open the books of life and he will show to them that their name is not in the book of life. Meaning, they never trusted Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And he will say to them, and he will prove to them, where is your name? It's not here. You never trusted Christ as Savior. And he will say to them, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, to an eternity condemned in the lake of fire. The judgment is not canceled. And number ten, there is coming a victory celebration that will not be canceled. I mean, you read, you read in, in Revelation chapter four and Revelation chapter five. Um, I, I enjoy watching victory celebrations. And 
Um, it's not so much I enjoy girls' basketball, but the end of a girls' basketball state championship game, everybody's crying. The winners cry, the losers cry, you know, and it, it, it's pretty neat. Um, my alma mater was in the finals of the girls' state tournament, and, and Marilyn and I watched the second half of it, and Marilyn said, you are really getting old. <laughs> That's what old people do. Go back to their Elmer mater when they finally do something worthwhile. Incidentally, they won, so there was a great celebration. Midgets still have power, right? Okay. Esterville Midgets, that's the name. Tell me that's politically correct, huh? But at any rate, I love victory celebrations. And, and there is coming a day of a great victory celebration. Gathered around the throne, for, for lack of time, just go to Revelation 5 and verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nations, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. And then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousands and thousands of thousands. That's meaning that a whole bunch of people, okay? Saying with a loud voice, and can you imagine this? Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and on, under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them. And I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. I, I just picture that in my mind. I don't know if you've ever been in a large crowd and, and everybody in the crowd is saying the same thing. It just, it, you feel it in your bones. This is going to be the the pinnacle of all victory celebrations for all eternity, and it's never going to be canceled. There's no stop to it. And yes, we live in a world that they're canceling things, but rather than whine about it, let's think about the things. Let it, let it drive us to the things. Well, you may cancel that, but you can't cancel my forgiveness. You may, you may cancel this, but you can't cancel the fact that the Lord is my shepherd. And to realize what God has given us that cannot and will not be canceled so that truly we should be able to rise above the, the darkness and the despair of the world that we live in and live as more than conquerors. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would walk in the light of our relationship with You and that we would realize that nothing can cancel the love of You. That nothing can separate us from You. And Lord, thank You for the promises that Your will will be done. 
whether we understand how it's going to happen, whether we can explain it, that ultimately you will be glorified and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. Lord, I pray first of all for individuals that may be listening today. I pray that you would truly burden their hearts if they do not know you, if they don't know that they have personally called upon you, they don't know that their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, Lord, I pray today you would burden and draw them to you and that they would call unto you for the forgiveness of sins. And then, Lord, I pray for every believer here today. I pray that we would walk in the light. I pray that we'd walk in the truth of these things, and there's many others that cannot be canceled. And Lord, that our life would bring help and hope and deliverance to many others. So Lord, we praise you today for who you are. We praise you today that you cannot be canceled and your word cannot be canceled. And we rejoice in you today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.